Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 54. So today I'm delighted to be talking to art facilitator and English teacher Elisa Mosella about her work. We're talking about how she uses thinking routines to overcome the fear of speaking a language and to encourage all her students to participate. We're also talking about how she combines slow-looking church art and spirituality in her work as an art facilitator. But before that, last week, I shared our first bite-sized episode. It's sort of a new style of episode that gives you a quick win or something to think about in less than 10 minutes. And in episode 48, I'm sharing an exercise to help you to define your personal facilitation style. So do head over and have a listen. And as always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. So let me properly introduce my guest this week. Elisa Mosella is an English language teacher and an art facilitator. She currently collaborates with the Verona Minor Jerusalem Foundation. She introduced the concepts of visible thinking in the museum and thinking routines to the foundation a couple of years back. And in 2020, she initiated their first virtual sessions, looking slowly and carefully at artworks from local churches. And this year, she took part in Slow Art Day for the second time. She actually wrote a blog for me for Thinking Museum in 2020, and it was about her very first virtual experience facilitating with thinking routines and it's great to hear in our chat today about how she is now facilitating sessions in person too. So in today's chat we talk about our love of thinking routines, how Elisa uses thinking routines to develop vocabulary and how she combines visible thinking with spirituality in her work with the foundation. So another lovely chat coming up for you. Here it is. Enjoy. Hi, Elisa, and welcome to the Art Engager podcast. Hello, Claire. Um, It's great to be here and also an honour, a real honour. Oh, Um, thank you so much. I'm delighted you could come. Could you tell us where you are in the world right now? Well, I'm speaking to you from my home in Verona. Um, so I'm Verona is a city in uh, northern Italy. Um, probably people will remember it as Romeo and Juliet city. But of course, there's much more than that. Um, I think it's a great city. It's not too big. It's not too small. As I said, it's nor- northeast Italy, not far from Venice. It's near the mountains, it's near Lake Garda, the biggest Italian lake. It's not far from the seaside. And it's one of the uh, most historical cities in Italy and one of the most visited. Um, mm. 
it's it was founded by the Romans, so you see a lot of you can see a lot of Roman monuments. We have this big amphitheater right in the center of the city, uh, in perfect condition, where um, still used for operas and concerts and rock concerts. There's a Roman theater still used. In summer, we have a um, Shakespeare festival and a jazz festival and other monuments. There's a big medieval castle right in the center of the city that houses the um, art museum. So it's really a lovely city. As I said, it's not too big. It's not too small. Perfect size. Yeah, mm-hmm. lovely. Sometimes. I mean, you're, I think you're making us all want to move to Verona yeah. right now. So it can so. be a bit provincial sometimes, <laughs> but it's, it's a great place. So what is it that you do in Verona? I, well, my main job is um, teaching English to adult students. And I've been teaching English for more than 20 years, even if I have a completely different background because I studied law at university but I soon discovered that I didn't like it. And so I teach English um, in a local um, private language school. And I also collaborate with a local foundation called uh, Verona Minor Jerusalem as um, an art facilitator. I started with them as a volunteer docent, but now I mostly collaborate as um, an art facilitator. Fantastic. And could you tell us a little bit more about the foundation and what they do? Well, yeah. It is. Yeah. It's um, so the the main objective of the foundation is to keep some of the I call them minor churches in Verona open to tourists and to visitors. So, as I said before, um, Verona was founded by the Romans, and um, it's built along the Adige River. And the river forms like a big S inside the city. And the historical city is concentrated in one of these bends. Um, and so the, the, the major churches, the cathedral, are all there. And tourists usually, they, they visit the center. They, very often, they don't go to the other side of the river. Um, and so we keep and we keep open these churches that aren't in the center but are still very beautiful with beautiful artworks open to the public because otherwise they would open only for for worship. And uh, so we have a lot of volunteers, hundreds actually volunteers who welcome visitors, keep the churches open and if they want, they show them around. Um, so we have volunteer docents. Um, but the, uh, the foundation also organizes a lot of other activities and is really focused on training, training the volunteers in art, in spirituality, architecture, but also people from, from the city. Um, and I started as a volunteer with them. Um, and, and then uh, we organized. Um, we started working with visible thinking and um, we are now um, organizing a lot of activities uh, with art. Amazing. So uh, great work that the foundation is doing, getting people off, off the beaten track into other areas of the city and great work that you're doing with the foundation. You mentioned 
visible thinking there. So could you tell us about your first experience of hearing about thinking routines? Uh, yeah, that's really interesting because um, it all goes back to the first lockdown. So um, Italy was put uh, under lockdown at the beginning of March 2020. And so my school closed, of course, uh, like everything else. And after a few days, I got a call from my boss saying, um, do you feel like driving to the center, to the school? Uh, because we would like you to try an e-learning platform because we would like to transfer all the classes online. And they know that, you know, I'm not afraid of technology. So I went, it worked. It was very strange. It was an eerie feeling because there was no one around. I was the only yeah. one driving. So I will always remember that. But anyway, we, 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 we transferred everything online. And we have a couple, two different kinds of lessons. There's the English language lesson, which is grammar, it's drills, and usually it's one-to-one. -one, so that's not too difficult to do it online. The real problem was conversation classes, where you have a group of people, and it's already difficult to get them to speak in presence in a real classroom. So it was even more difficult online and I was you know looking online to see if I could find ideas to help me with that and that's when I saw a, a post of yours I think in LinkedIn now I don't remember exactly what it was um, but I'm sure it was a post and it spoke about visible thinking and you were you were offering a free um, class so I joined and I think, and no, I think I'm sure it was the routine see, think, wonder. And I just fell in love and, I, and, and my mind started running, right? A lot of ideas and I could use it for this, I could use it for that. And I wasn't thinking of art yet. I was still thinking of English teaching. And so I joined your course, I did all the course and that was, well, love at first sight. And I started using it in teaching, but I also started thinking of using it in um, with the foundation. Um, Amazing, yeah, yeah. So it takes me start. back to takes me back to all those uh, free classes that I put on at the beginning of uh, the first lockdown in March 2020, and they went on for a few months. And I think quite a few people from those classes then went on to do the course and really went on to start implementing some of these techniques, including thinking routines into their work. So you said that at first you were using the thinking routines in your teaching, and then you moved on to perhaps using them in your work at the foundation. Can we just um, talk a little bit about how you use them in your teaching job to start with, and then we'll move on to the art facilitation? Yeah, in my teaching job, um, what I want when I teach a conversation class, I really want uh, students to really feel the need to speak. Um, I know it's very difficult. We, we use a lot um, in our job uh, role plays where, where they have to imagine, you know, they are something, something different. And 
um, it's really very difficult for them, especially for very shy students or very insecure students. Um, with the routines, with visible thinking, um, I always start with observation. Um, uh, so I use a lot see, think, wonder. So I use or, or any other um, routines that make students observe and describe. And so we uh, use um, usually photographs. Sometimes we work, we use work of art, works of art. Um, so we have the first part, the first stage where they have to describe. And many of them have to do um, international examination to get their level certified. Mm -hmm. And in international um, examination, very often, uh, there are tasks where they have to describe uh, pictures. So that's a fantastic exercise for vocabulary, for eliciting vocabulary, for, uh, to give them new vocabulary. And then uh, we go on to the thinking stage um, where they really have to think and they have to formulate hypotheses and speculate and uh, give in their opinion, which is another another um, language um, um, point that is required in uh, international um, examination. And the, 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 the great thing with uh, thinking routine is that everybody wants to share their opinion. They mm. really want to say what they think. And so they, in a way, they overcome the fear of speaking in a language that um, is not theirs. Yeah. I don't know if we ha you ha we have time, but I could give you a little example of um, an activity that I loved. Um, it was during the Summer Olympics. It was an advanced group. And I used um, a photograph of um, Simone Biles, the American um, gymnast who had all the problems and had to pull out of the finals. Yeah. And uh, we did first see, think, wonder, so description, and then what is going on. Some of them had heard about her, others hadn't, so they knew nothing about her. And then um, see, think, wonder, do you have any questions? So, and it's great for them to formulate questions. And then I share with them some information about her. And then I used lenses. So we all um, brainstorm different perspective um, through which you can look at something, an event or something. And they came up with fantastic ideas. And then I asked them to choose one lens. And it was incredible because I had a very diverse class. I had young men, mothers, um, older ladies. And I remember there was a trainer and he ch uh, chose the lens of a trainer. There was a, there was a, a woman and um, Simone Biles was adopted by her grandfather and her, gra uh, her grandfather's wife. And there was a, a woman who was an adoptive mother. She chose the lens of the adoptive mother. And I had to tell them, sorry, but 
we need to go because I have another class. But they were just talking, talking and talking in English. And it was fantastic. And this, this is just a small example, but it's almost always like this. So you, as a teacher, you don't really need to do much because they do all the, the, the work. And it's great. It's just great and very rewarding. I can imagine. And using lenses, uh, lenses is such a fantastic thinking routine to use to view things from alternative perspectives. Um, And I know we've used it a few times in the membership and had uh, great fun using it. So I can see that you've really been able to implement some of these routines in your work teaching. Um, And it's so familiar to me. I've had quite a few people have told me that they've used thinking routines when they're teaching um, English as another language or additional languages to people, that the carefully crafted questions actually assist the conversation. And they, as you say, encourage people to chat. Like you didn't have a problem with confidence. People were just really keen to give you their perspective on the photograph. So it's great to hear I'd love to move on to chat a little bit about your work with the foundation. Um, so how have you used thinking routines, observation or slow looking in your work there? Um, and we, we use a sort of, we, we combined actually visible thinking with art and also spirituality in art because of course, all the artwork we uh, we use are in the churches. So the theme is always a religious theme. Um, and I work together with two young colleagues, two young girls, and they are um, they both studied art at university, so they are much more knowledgeable than I am. And we usually what we do we choose. Um, one are um, a work of art. Usually it's a painting or a fresco, but it can also be a statue. And we, uh, there's a first stage usually, and it's a visible uh, thinking stage that I lead. And we've been using See, Think, Wonder, um, uh, uh, Zoom In, or the Elaboration Game. So, um, to um, slowly observe um, uh, the artwork and uh, formulate ideas, um, hypotheses, um, so that participants can um, look at the artwork and also feel the artwork and think of the emotions they get from um, the artwork. And I also used um, um, step inside a lot. So we, if it's possible with the, uh, with the artwork, we ask um, participants to step into the painting and become one of the, uh, um, the characters in the painting. But no matter what routine we use, we always... Um, encourage um, participants to ask questions, to ask themselves questions, 
um, we take note of all their observations, their questions, especially my two colleagues, um, write down all the questions, all the observations. And what they do in the second half of the activity, they try to share information based on the questions and the observations of the participants. So it's a very natural activities that start from slow looking and observing and thinking and asking questions to the end of the activity where they get the information they need and they, they asked for. And um, it works really well. Uh, again, we started during lockdown with our volunteers, everything online, um, because these activities are great online. Huh? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then we went in presence and now we are working mainly in presence. Um, we have uh, at least um, one, one a session uh, every month and it's really going very well. Yeah. Oh, that's so great to hear. And you wrote about your very first experience facilitating with thinking routines online. That was a blog post from a while back from um, 2020, I believe. So I can share a link to that in the show notes. And it's great to hear that you're now continuing this work in person. And what I love is the combination of focusing on observation and interpretation and then bringing in the art historian's to share information based on people's wonderings. So they're really sharing what people are curious about, what people really want to know. And it's such a skill to be able to layer in information in that way. And it's it's obviously having an effect engaging your participants. What sort of responses do you get from people who are participating in these sessions? Um, it's all very new for our participants. Um, at the beginning, um, they didn't they didn't really know what to expect, um, and it was not easy. I remember. I I will always remember. It was one of the first um, visible thinking session we had, and there was this old gentleman. And uh, I had, had asked him to observe and be objective. I say, okay, tell me what you see. Don't tell me what you think yet. And he couldn't. He couldn't. And at the end, he came to me and he said, you know what? I'm, I'm appalled. I, 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 I realized I cannot describe. I'm not able to describe. And he was really surprised. And he said, and I first I I, I thought he was like not sort of criticizing the activity. And he said, but no, no, but that was great. And now I will work, you know, my um ability to describe. So that was really interesting. But now I think we have a lot of people. Who comes back they come back yeah they come back to the sessions and um we have waiting lists because we uh, <laughs> we, we we tend to limit the number of participants first of all because often we are in a church um 
And then again, it's better to uh, have a smaller group uh, so that you can really listen and acknowledge everyone. But so, no, it's great. I'm a fan. Brilliant. And so good to hear that it led to some kind of insights about one participant's observation and description skills, which is I've heard many times that adults are not used to being asked to observe and describe. And if you're not doing this regularly, it is a skill that sort of disappears. You know, you really have to work at it and flex it to be really good at noticing. So that was so interesting. And you've also taken part recently in Slow Art Day as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how that went? Yeah, it was it was so funny because we had we we participated last year online for the first time, but it was all all online. But this year was the first time in presence, and um, it, it was actually very very funny because first of all we had a huge group, we had more than twenty people participating, um, and um, we. But the focus of the activity was this painting by um, Giovanni Francesco Carotto, um, who is um, a painter from Verona who lived in the 16th century. And there will be a big um, exhibition in May, starting from May in Verona. And um, But th- there were also these two um, young people coming from outside Verona, and I, I didn't really know who they were. I thought they were someone who had seen this, this, this activity and they wanted to, uh, to participate. And at the end, I realized, because they told me they were actually two people from the uh, Slow Arts Day organization. <laughs> and they had to come to see if the activities were done according to you know, the uh, Slow Art Day guidelines. And thank God I didn't know that. Uh, but it went really very well. And they said, well, you know, exceeded all expectations. So it was really rewarding. And the activity really went very well. Um, even though, as I said, we had quite a lot of people uh, and we had to divide the um, the group in four smaller groups but the artwork um allowed that because we there was a predella with three different paintings and a lunette so i could create four groups um but yeah that was an interesting experience i bet i bet (laughs) and what are your plans for the future are there anything you've got planned in the pipeline what are you working on next well we are working as i said uh, there's this big exhibition um opening on the 12th or 13th of may i don't remember now um uh, that um, celebrates Giovan, uh, Giovan francesco carotto this painter there are a lot of uh, um, events in the city and what we are doing as a foundation, because we have several of his artworks in our churches, we are organizing every single month um, different activities and also visible thinking activities with uh, uh, his um, artworks. Um, And this is really interesting. 
also a bit challenging because um, some of the artworks are not exactly um, what I would choose for a visible thinking session. So they really stretch my uh, um, my flexibility and my imagination, uh, but it's a it's a good exercise. Yeah, I like being yeah. challenged. I yeah. always think that's good. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm also I'm also um, um, leading every month uh, in the foundation uh, an English through art um, course um, classes where uh, we just choose a work of art um, just for. Um, just to um, exercise and uh, consolidate um, English as a language. So it's not really art, it's um, English language, but obviously uh, most of the participants are volunteers um, and they, they, they want to be able to be, be able to speak about um, art in English. And that's, I think, a great opportunity for them. And I, again, I'm using visible thinking routines uh, with them. So visible thinking is everywhere in my life. <laughs> plays a strong role. In yeah, absolutely. Do. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. We've heard all about your fantastic work that you do with English language learners. We've heard about your work that you do with the foundation, bringing in thinking routines and visible thinking into the work that you do with your audiences. How can people find out more about you and reach out to you? Well, I can share my LinkedIn um, profile. Unfortunately, I'm not very active on social media. That's one of my resolutions. I should uh, be a bit more active. And I also can share the the website of the foundation, uh, Verona Minor Jerusalem, well, we do a lot of, we organize a lot of interesting activities. And if people come to Verona, um, we have these three itineraries with um, fantastic churches that they can visit. Or we also organize a lot of things online. So even people who are not from Verona or are not visiting Verona can join. And sometimes we do something in English as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today and for sharing all the amazing things you're up to, for participating in this special episode about your picture of your practice. Thank you so much, Elisa. Thank you, Claire. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So many thanks to Elisa for being on the podcast today. We had such a lovely chat. I really don't know how Elisa manages to do all the things she does. She's such a creative whirlwind. I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I did. Now, before you go, don't forget to join our Facebook community just for the podcast, The Slow Looking Club. You can look for The Slow Looking Club under groups in Facebook, or I've put a link in the show notes. And that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Bowne. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at thinkingmuseum 
where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.